Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Somewhat Damaged. I'm your host, Greg Alpern, and with me as always, John B. This week, joining us to whoop it up is Christian Finnegan, who just released a new stand-up special called Show Your Work, out by Comedy Dynamics. Here we go. This is like literally what I have first thing in the morning. No, stop. I don't it, drink dude. coffee. I, I can't stand coffee. I can't stand and, coffee either. And so, but I need that. <laughs> I caffeine. haven't gone to Mountain Dew first thing though. But I, usually, I drink a couple monsters. Dude, so. I, I don't claim any. Belt yeah, but you were, no, I take. I, yeah. I'll be honest. I drank one on the way here. Yeah, he was. He, I was going to say you had a Mountain Dew on the way in. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. You know, is made. People make fun of me because I have bourbon and Mountain Dew as like my at home drink. If uh, Mountain Dew was created as a whiskey mixer. Was it really? Yeah, that's the old Mountain Dew is what the Irish called whiskey. You know, oh. uh, yeah. So Holy shit! I did not know that until recently. But at this time, I thought it was trash. Turns out it was historical. Yeah. yeah. So, so they were putting guys, like, guys named Kyle O'Reilly uh, actually drink that. <laughs> <laughs> that's wait. So they're putting Mountain Dew in Irish whiskey? No, like like it was created when it was created. It was right. created as like a mixer. Yeah. So like instead of like flat, for of, like, like Coca Cola. No, right. Yeah, yeah. But that's it was designed to go with whiskey. I'm fucking trying that. As <laughs> I am totally yeah. trying that. Are you it's, recording? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> you, can't like, you can't like gold like this yeah, go by the wayside. I don't take chances anymore. We're learning things. There's no way. When's the next time you're going to get a Mountain Dew whiskey Irish you know, lesson? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Christian Finnegan on the podcast wow. thing, dude. Oh, big, ni- big night, big night. Big day. Uh, so I, I was told... That the former name of the show was Mangina Dialogues. The, the Mangina, Mangina okay. Dialogues. I'm just curious, how many episodes did it take you to realize that was a terrible idea? <laughs> <laughs> um, 135, <laughs> yeah, to be exact. Uh, 134 without John, and then one with John. <laughs> and it, it's a funny story, actually, because I had a prior host that when we split, you know, I tossed around, like, do we keep the name? Do we not keep the name? And a very well-respected comedy agent, I don't want to say sat me down, but had a nice conversation with me and said, you're not doing yourself any favors by having that name. You're right. You definitely are putting yourself, you're tying one hand behind your back yeah. a little bit. Like, there's a band that I, I love. They broke up with this band called Diarrhea Planet, which I love. They, have, they had four guitar players, which is... Uh, all lead. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They would, like, all be solo. It was, it was fucking great. But um, but I kind of admired it. It was just like, wow, you guys really are determined to not be successful. Yeah. Really you know, impressive. it's funny because when I used to go... I've lived in the city since two, 1992. And when I used to religiously go down to Tower Records, the first bin in the front of the store, obviously with A's, one of the first bands was a punk band called Anal Cunt. Oh, sure. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I remember that. And I would always walk by that and like, be like, you know, I cannot see how these guys really could ever have ambition to get that big. <laughs> yeah. Playing, yeah. you know, like Mississippi, headlining tonight at the Jackson Blank Anal cunt. Yeah, it's like you—you literally. Cap it's a yeah. On your, on your you know, you're talking yeah, about like two hundred. Okay, so well, like if you want to bring it back, I mean, I'm talking concerts that were down at Sayerville at the Birdshill. Sure. When anal cunt performed, it went as AC. Yeah. When I was on WSOU, but then the the, the A would have an anus and yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. WSOU, I couldn't even say we had to say AC, and we could only play it after midnight. And then also another thing was I just popped in my head. I forgot. God forbid the band 
We couldn't say God. We had to say G forbid. Really? Really? Yeah. I remember that, and I was like, holy shit. That's so strange, because, like, God forbid is, like, the most benign. Like, that. it's hard to get, <laughs> yeah. like, softer. Like, God forbid is what people say when they're trying to not swear. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a placeholder for yeah. Wait, Going things. back to the, the old name, how did, how did you find that out? Like, who told uh, you? <laughs> Um, the woman who uh, asked, uh, yeah, uh, the woman who's working for Comedy, Comedy Dynamics, Dynamics. Uh, she said, uh, here's the podcast that you can do, and, and uh, slightly deranged, uh, formerly known as Mangina Dialogues. <laughs> uh, and I, I was like, okay. You know. <laughs> well, I, I, I'd love to have been there at the pivot point. Uh, <laughs> what makes that funnier is that Brian from Comedy Dynamics was on the show oh, like yeah. a year ago, and you know, he's an awesome dude. And I was like, he really is going to come on? Like, he, he, really? Like, Brian wants to come on? Like, that's fine by me. Yeah. And uh, the, the best guest we ever had that made, that had no business being on the no show with that there. name <laughs> was, no, 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 was Joan Blades. Do you know who she is? Mm -mm. So she started the organization moveon.org. Oh, sure, yeah. Right? So that was, <laughs> she started that organization. She's on our podcast. Our intro music used to be, was a rap song done by puppets. Right. Uh -huh. So she was subjected to this, you know, not totally graphic, but kind of inappropriate for her lyrics to our theme song, yeah. Mangina Dialogues. And this is Joan Blades from MoveOn.org. How are you not canceled? I just it don't even understand. So Why did I even so sign on to this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what have I done? <laughs> But with well, John, we changed to somewhat damaged because damaged, sorry, with I him see. on the show, clearly it fits. Yeah, oh, yes. I'm not that damaged, but it's good to see you, Christian. It Fuck, is lovely to see you. It's been a long been, time. It's been dude. a minute, as kids no longer say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has been. Um, but dude, you you're putting out some new stuff, man. I know. God forbid. Um, <laughs> it's probably maybe one of the last pandemic specials because I feel like everyone who shot a pandemic special already had theirs out a long time ago. <laughs> I I did mine kind of just. Uh, you know, mostly as a way to not go insane last year. And uh, my wife owns a little venue out in Queens called QED Astoria. And uh, for a while over the summer, we were doing outdoor shows back when that was still legal, uh, you know, capacity 28, social distance, mask, the whole deal. And we kind of got wind that, that that might end at a certain point when Como's coming down on it. And I just thought, like, well, you know, fuck it. I've got sort of an hour <laughs> i uh i mean i had an hour but it's like i hadn't really road tested a lot of it you know when you know when you're doing sets it's like you're doing 10 minutes here 15 minutes there 20 minutes there but unless you really have the chance to go out in the road and hammer the hour over and over again you don't really know what you have sure and so it was a bit of a lark um but you know i did a kind of a private invite thing it like was a free show that was just sort of friends only you know and uh and I was really thrilled to that. A friend of mine who's a great director, Victor Varnado, uh, I asked him if he would direct it for me. And a friend of mine, Steve Rosenthal, who's a super great editor. And I just said, like, hey, and they were kind of bored like I was. And so it was just kind of something to focus on. And But because we sort of did it on spec, uh, they had, like, jobs. You know, like, Victor has, like, projects. Steve works on, like, Days of Samaro and, and has, like, other jobs. And so it's, and if you watch, sorry, I'm being a little verbose. But the, the special also has kind of some doc elements in it. Uh, yeah. It's not uh, pure stand-up. It's probably 50, 45 to 50 minutes of stand-up and like 10 minutes of sort of documentary type stuff. And that all took time to sort of cull together and get whip into shape. And so before you knew it, it was already 
the basically the end of the year and we were just then starting to shop it around and then finally you know so anyway it's come out a lot later than i had anticipated and at first i thought that was going to be like a real drag because you know the pandemic is going to be over and who's going to be thinking about the pandemic and in uh, mid to late 2021, turns out everybody. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I really like the doc elements of the of it. I watched it this oh, morning. Oh, thanks. And I thought that was really cool. And one thing in particular, and I meant to bring it, and I totally forgot. I'll have to give it to you next time that I see you. Is that your wife is the world's biggest David Lee Roth fan? Yeah, I thought I was the world's biggest David no, Lee Roth. No, she's pretty hardcore. <laughs> and like I, she's a fan of him as a person, right? Like not just Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like, get it. Yeah, I have a T-shirt that I bought like 15 years ago at Fred Siegel in L.A. and it's it's a Jewish star where David Lee Roth's head is the top of the star. Yeah, like have you seen that T-shirt? I have not. It's an I'm... awesome T-shirt, and I've I haven't worn it. I probably worn it like two times, and I'm like, I think I need to pass this on to the world's greatest David Roth fan. <laughs> yeah, oh because please. it's we, such we, a killer we get a place T-shirt. Of honor at QED, I and it it should be there next to that Jesus mm-hmm. David Lee Roth because like as soon as as soon as I you you mentioned it and thank you for putting it actually on the screen in the doc. I immediately wrote that down, and I'm going to go buy one of those. Yeah, to put in my somewhere because well, that thing, thing yeah. is awesome. Yeah, what it, what he's describing is um, my wife. Uh, occasionally does like storytelling shows like the moth and risk and stuff like that. And she told a story about how she grew up with no religion. And so David Lee Roth was basically like her Jesus, like that she would read interviews in like circus magazine and stuff. And like, because a lot of his quotes were really, you know, he'd be talking about like Dostoevsky and stuff. And it'd be completely incomprehensible, but he's like, you know, but he would say those things like, you know, uh, you got to look out the front of the windshield, the rear view mirrors, just for looking, seeing how good your hair looks. Like that, like these sort of, but they were kind of like life lesson yeah. type quotes, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so anyway, she told this story. Somebody, there was a, a, a video of it and somebody posted it on a Van Halen message board and some random guy, an artist, drew like Jesus, but with David Lee Roth's face. And it's, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. People think it's a photo. It's like yeah. pencil drawing. And then just sent it to her. Just like, here, I don't want anything for it. Just like, this is for you. And so now it's like in a frame at QED. <laughs> it, it's amazing. It really yeah. is amazing. Super cool. Did, did you ever see the the movie David Lee Roth put out in like 2002? Uh, Samurai, what was Something called? like that. Uh, yeah, I did. I've not seen the whole thing. And it was... <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Oh my God. <laughs> it is literally like watching insanity take place on screen. It's David Lee Roth clearly on LSD or something yeah. was going on. And there were like midgets and like it was. I believe they're called little people. No, no, no I don't care what they're called. <laughs> but <laughs> David Lee Roth world. In David Lee Roth, yes. In his defense, it, it was matter yeah. what they're called. It was one of the to this day. I've been like I can't even describe what you see, and not many people have seen it because it really didn't come out. No, and it really it was it, kind of this apocryphal thing. That right. Like, it was kind of right before the era where everything would just sort of make its way yep, online. Yeah. Yep, um, and you can't find it anymore. I, I, I've looked. I'm like, yeah. You can't. Have you ever? He actually, uh, right around the time that Van Halen broke out, broke up, and he, you know, had that solo EP, "The Crazy from the Heat." Yep. Uh, he, they wrote a movie. He, yeah. There's a movie called "Crazy from the Heat," and uh, we have a copy of the script. Oh, really? And it's, Holy shit. it's very, you know, it's of its time uh, <laughs> in terms of its treatment of. Uh, uh, Things and gender and things like that. Uh, yeah, in terms of everything. But there, there is just like a really fun, charming craziness about it. Like those David Lee Roth 80s videos. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. a gigolo and California Girls and all, and all that. And so, you know, we were going to have a, a staged reading of it at, uh, at QED. 
but then the pandemic happened and we've just never kind of gotten around to it but it's 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 pretty fun like it's it's pretty you got to do that you have to you know once you cut off all the, cut out all the uh the awful stuff it'd only be 30 pages long but still. <laughs> hey it's 30 pages and still 45 that's minutes. about as much as anybody really wants <laughs> yeah, right. anyway that, that are you is she like so crazy about the alert that she's going to go to vegas for like the last show ever no probably not I, I think she she and i have a sort of a similar take on certain things is that you can appreciate someone's work and still understand what the ravages of time do sure mm. yeah. and yeah. that you don't need to pretend right. that something is still like i don't think david lee roth would say this is the greatest work i've ever done it's like oh. he's basically he's like i want to have fun and i want to have these shows yeah. and uh we saw him we saw the last van halen uh, uh reunion tour up in upstate new york we have a little a little cabin up in sullivan county and so we saw him at bethel woods which is like yeah, awesome where woodstock was sure and uh it was really it was very funny because they were all putting on the you know we all love each other yep. thing. I mean, <laughs> Eddie and Eddie's son and, and uh, Alex. But it was so funny. At the end of the show, they all smiled and took a big bow, and then Dave went one way and the other the three other, went the other, the other way. way. Like wow. It was just very much like, all right, contractually, are we done here? And <laughs> <laughs> That's been I mean, an hour I've, and a half, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've seen every David Lee Roth tour since he left oh, wow. the band, whenever those happened, you know, the 80, 86, 87, and then the 90s, and then... I saw the Sammy. skyscraper tour. That's I yeah, I skyscraper, that. yeah. and I mean, eat them and smile. Like I just posted the other day a ticket stub from October tenth, nineteen eighty six, when I saw David Lee Roth in Cinderella. Wow! At, at Brendan <laughs> Byrne Arena in New Jersey, <laughs> right? And I mean, they, they were awesome. But through the years, David Lee Roth's bands changed so much that, like, the band he played with in in the early mid nineties was. I mean, musically, an amazing band, but looked like a wedding band. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then the band he played with which went on the Sammy Hagar tour was a great band. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's just funny to me that David Lee Roth kind of called it quits when Gene Simmons came out and was like, David Lee Roth should call it quits. <laughs> <laughs> like, taking it back old school because Gene Simmons is the one that found the band in the first place. That's Van true. Halen. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. I Wait, don't know. what? Yeah. Gene Simmons like produced a fucking uh, like a, a two a early Van Halen demos. So he's so he didn't he, know how to play the bass. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. I had no idea that yeah. there was like that clearly episode. you're not up to date on your history. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep it that way. <laughs> so you alluded to a little uh, a bit oh, of it, Christian. Uh, the idea that we shouldn't kind of uh, judge people for their you know because it was kind of the time and the period. I mean, let's talk a little bit about. Oh boy, here on. we go. <laughs> Quicksand. No, uh, no, it's fine. I, Cancel I mean, culture, man. I mean, I, I, I'm. I have a slightly different take on it than than a lot of my comedian peers. I think. I, I think that this is. It's all natural, and this is what happens with every generation. The only. The only difference is that now there's social media, and so you're just getting it in your face a thousand times. And as as annoying as a lot of people want to look at, you know trans activists or you know black lives matter activists online like as as disruptive and annoying you know oh my god i'm gonna get canceled i promise you i promise you if you went back to like the 60s people would have been saying the same thing about rosa parks and, yeah, you know, and all these yeah. people it's like you know the history of these movements is that you have to be annoying at first and then eventually it kind of becomes sort of conventional wisdom um but i mean i my only grace point i would ask of of you know Younger people are right 
always. And I'm not saying that they are morally right. I'm just saying they're right because history will make them right because they're sure. young and we're not. You, you know what I mean? That it's like <laughs> whatever thing. young people believe is what eventually will become. Because they're going to write the history. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you, it's like arguing with weather. You know, right. it's just why. But the only sort of grace point I would ask of, of people is just to kind of like, to just re- just remember that history is moving very quickly right now, and a lot of people—it's not even ancient history; it's like a decade-old history. And and uh, I I, w- I think you could kind of take a lot of the the anger and, and volume out of a lot of these arguments if people just sort of try to look at things like racism or transphobia or homophobia as like lead in the water. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's like pollution. It's like everybody's breathing it. We're all, we're all, it's just stuff I grew up, you know, I, I had a bit on my last album about sort of how, you know, when I was a kid, there was like nothing funnier than like using the gay boys, you know, and, and how all of a sudden that kind of became like not cool, which sucked for me because I'm really good at it. (laughs) Uh, But it's, you know, I always say like, where are you positioned in the sort of social battles of your time? I've always been probably a little to the left of center, various degrees of left to the center, left to center. But what's left of center now is different than what left of center was when I was 22, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. so, I, you know, I, I again, a, a lot of times I feel like the people who are constantly, you know, uh, truth bombing, you know, and uh, can you handle it and fuck your feelings like that, that sort of culture and the how dare you you offended me i you know i'm gonna get you canceled they're, they're almost the same people to sure. me yeah. they're kind same of it's point. like they're they're playing the same game yeah. you know yeah. Not. it's 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 interesting that like i mean obviously that seems to be the, the the hot button question i remember you know running shows in the park and being so open to all of these different you know elements children yeah blm uh, protests were going on at the time and I was worried that a couple of things would be said by certain comics that would trigger some people off there. And we didn't have many of those situations. We had a couple, obviously, uh, actually in Brooklyn. Funny enough, but um, shocker, shocker. Yeah, it's come. It's coming to full. It's coming to full head now. But you know, back to your special. Do you discuss any of that? Have you have you t- uh, tried to touch it on stage? Some, yeah. I mean, uh, some. I mean, some of the you know. Uh, some of the material on in the special was about the election. Like I, we shot it in September of mm-hmm. 2020, and so I, I was kind of trying to predict the future about what would. Ha- and and um, I mean, a little of it. I, I, again, it's like I, I find I find a lot of the arguments kind of boring, to be perfectly frank. Uh, the the whole oh, you can't say anything. You know, it's just just grow up. Right, talk about something else. Then I, I just right. I, I I don't truck much with the sort of comedian is the last philosopher you yeah know, like that kind of like we are the only we're the final truth tellers and then you see them on stage and you're like do you ever have to fart so bad you have to make you have to pee like it's not like dude you're not they're hiding the you, stool you know, yeah yeah you're, you're not they think they're wearing you know, robes on the acropolis like, I, I, want, Plato. I want to know after watching the special like how's your spanish uh, no es bueno. Uh, <laughs> Same. Oh, wow. Well, you would say simpatico. Whatever. Yeah. I think I'm proving the point. Well, it's it's funny because, again, yeah, I talk about how I've been taking Duolingo, and I still, it's it's been a long time, I'm still doing it every day. Not necessarily with the fervor I was during the pandemic, but... <laughs> I don't speak it ever. Right. It's just completely just something I look at on my phone. And so then when I try to find the words, I can't. Yeah. You know, on if I would have to type it out, I could probably do a pretty good job. But but 
I get really, I choke. I, I remember you workshopping that actually, that uh, those bits a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, how does that? I mean, and and I hate to kind of go backwards to to the past and 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 the pandemic, but. I mean, did you clear Dodge? Were you out of here when, when all this went down? What was your What was your feelings behind it? It well, it was it was weird for us. We lost our apartment, and I talk I talk about this a little bit in the special. That in like February of 2019, uh, 2020 rather 2020 20 oh God, it's all a blur. Um, we gave notice. We had been living in the same apartment for like 15 years, and we were ready to move. And uh, we wanted to move somewhere closer to QED, my wife's venue, and so. Uh, then the pandemic happened and we were like, oh, this is like the worst time in the world to be giving up our apartment. Cause you know, and so we asked our landlord if we could stay and he was like, nope. Uh, <laughs> cause I think he kind of assumed like everybody assumed that it was going to be like a month or two yeah, and then right, be right. back to normal. And I'm sure he wanted to jack up the rent cause we'd been there so long. And, uh, and so we had to leave. And so we, you know, we have this little cabin upstate and so we were spending half the time up there, but then QED was open Wednesday through Sunday, uh, Thursday through Sunday, whatever. And so we were living at QED. Yeah. Uh, like we had a mattress backstage <laughs> that we slept on the stage and I had like a foot operated camping shower in the, in the, you know, Shit. and so we had to like trap our dogs in the basement while shows were going on and stuff. It was like, yeah, it was a real, it was a real ordeal. And that's kind of one of, again, one of the things that sort of inspired me to sort of uh, add those elements to the special just because it was such a if there is a message to it and there there really isn't in terms of the material but i i think that maybe you can say if if you picked up on this it's just to kind of like just onward man just just yeah. keep yeah, just yeah. plug just play the hand you're dealt and keep your head down and just just move forward and try to turn lemons into lemonade i, as I do best you can want to say i think you pro people who live in 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 New York City and Manhattan, but any of the boroughs outside of maybe Staten Island and parts of the Bronx are probably going to be pissed at one thing that I don't think it was in the doc. I think it was in the press release, so the probably never see the press release, that said filmed in a tiny New York City backyard, <laughs> right? And then I watch it and I'm like, I they need to change that word tiny to fucking gigantic <laughs> New York City well, yes, backyard. Any, any, any New York right? City backyard where you can fit 28 people. 28 people, distance. like, That's socially distanced. I'm like, who fucking wrote tiny New York City backyard? I was like, this is not a tiny backyard. As a venue, it's tiny in terms of, but but you're right. I mean, well, because it's a business backyard. It's I, not our part. I don't yeah, think any, yeah, anywhere in New York City that would be considered a tiny backyard. Yeah, I, probably yeah, I've not. been in plenty <laughs> of, like, you know, restaurants <laughs> that have backyards and yes, they're like, you're that right, is like, very in true. like 10 people. It's like, that hits a fucking killer backyard. Well, the people in Sheboygan will think it's tiny. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> will. They will. And the shuds will like it. That's who the special's for, you fuckers. Yeah, I thought that was great, by the way. So wait a second. So, so during the pandemic, I mean, obviously you're putting all this, you're 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 writing, and you've been obviously as a, as a working comedian, you lose all your uh, all your road gigs. I mean, oh yeah. Are you are you performing at QED to kind of like build this up? I mean, during, yeah, and I mean that's why I was doing a lot of, I, you know, I was trying to do park shows. I mean, I, I you know, you if you remember, I was basically begging for sets yeah. anywhere just to try to get this material into shape. And uh, I mean, there's some, there are a few bits where. You know, there were tags that I don't know if I'd even said before we recorded. <laughs> like, oh, wow. like I was really punching until That's like the second. <laughs> and and I I hope you know, and I hope that that doesn't read as oh god, this you know this wasn't ready. I I feel like there's a looser quality to it. It feels sure. much in the past. 
I, I worry that sometimes I have hammered my hours so hard that it almost feels like I'm reciting them rather than performing them. Got it. You know, where it feels like, you know, a lot of times when, when you record, you almost hate the material by the time you do it. Yeah. And I would say that the set on, on the special, I probably would not have felt ready to do in a theater full of a thousand people. <laughs> but it's like my, it, it's, it's basically my home. Yeah. You know, it's, right. it's people I know. It's, it's a much more casual environment. And, but it definitely feels more loosey-goosey than other stuff I've done, which you put tags I think is good. On a special that you came up that day, <laughs> or yeah, or at least that I hadn't said in front of an audience wow. before. Yeah, because my thing is like, I mean, just if you, a few. If you break it down, I mean, let's let's talk about the net, well, Netflix special. I mean, compared to what you were doing there, I mean, how much was the same workshopping that you? I mean, obviously you couldn't do the workshopping, but are you still storyboarding it? Do you have like the different color? I always I always imagine these little colored. Um, uh, Papers of like the, like bits. the Saturday Night Live board, yeah, 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 like that, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. that thing, that thing. Um, <laughs> well, you certainly, uh, you know, I had a a running Google sheet, moving bits around. There's this app that I downloaded. I think it got taken off the App Store, and it's a shame because it's it's good. I always felt like there there's a better better version of it out there, but it's a an app. Let me see if I can find it called Comedy Companion. Uh, and it's a way of entering bits and kind of rearranging them and tracking time, and you can put together set lists and stuff. Holy shit. I think, is that, is that what it's called? I can't find the name of it. It I sounds mean, like I it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I hear stories of people, like, at least doing Google spreadsheets, and, like, I mean, Broussard is one of those people that's, like, so scientific behind it. Yeah, like, I could see, yeah. Yeah, you see that big sure. nerd. He comes over, like, <laughs> finish a set. And yet he's in shape, which is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, gross, disgusting gross. to so be gross. as, like, educated as that and also be in shape. It's, oh, it's unseemly. Yeah. Fuck you, man. Um, but yeah, he, he'll come off and he'll literally be on that Google spreadsheet and kind of doing like that. That yeah. sounds like something that's. A I mean, it's, more I'm not like Dat fan level. It's not like <laughs> it's, it's you know I don't I don't have like and I don't mean that even as a slam right. maybe a little, a little but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I think it's important to try to have a running file somewhere of like what bits are kind of in the kiln mm -hmm. and whatnot because sometimes especially when you're trying to build up time. You might have a bit that you're working on for a few weeks and you put it aside and then a few months later you're like, oh shit, I forgot the, the headphones not, bit. Yeah, whatever, did anything you know? not make it to the special? No, no, no. no yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Well, and, and there were a few bits that uh, I kind of, uh, that were older that had just never found a place. Um, like the, the, the final six or seven minutes of the special is the story uh, about a, 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 Chris, a thing that happened on a Christmas when I was a kid. And I love it. It's like one of my favorite things I've ever written. But it was something I had written for storytelling shows. It wasn't like a stand-up piece. Um, and I was like, God, I, I, you know, first of all, I kind of need the time to make this hour fleshed out. And I love it so much. And I've never been able to get a recording of it. So I spent a couple months leading up to it stand-up-ifying it, like adding more punches, making it a little bit less, uh, you know, Ted Talky. You know, um, not that it ever was, but you know what I mean? Like making it more like a yeah. club set as opposed sure. to a, an alt performance venue type set, um, which I've always kind of oddly existed in between those worlds anyway. I always feel like the least clubby comic at the club and the least alt comic at the alt show sure. is sort of how I feel. <laughs> like I'll, I'll, not so much anymore. I think I'm probably drifted more towards club world now, but like when I was younger, I would go to comedy clubs and I felt like I was treated like I was some... You 
Yeah. Oh, this is one of those fucking bring his notes up on stage comedians. You know what I mean? Like nobody took me seriously as like a real comic. And then I would go to like an, a bar, show, like a cool alt show, and they'd be like, oh, this, who's this fucking Bob Saget guy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of always been my nature is to, to never, to, ne- to always be a tweener, to, to never feel comfortable, make sure that I am always feeling like an outcast, or not an outcast is too strong a word, but just to never pursue a, a logical uh, plan. Sure. To always makes me feel better because I feel like I'm doing that constantly. To yeah. The minute you start to have a success in one one field, it's like, well, I'm not exactly that. I better go over here where nobody likes me. And I love how they had the same voice, by the way. <laughs> the alt rooms and, uh, oh, and, and yeah. the club yeah, rooms. Yeah, they <laughs> So what's, what's going on at the club now? Like uh, it's doing? open again. Um, it's not, you know, it, something I say in the special is that... Uh, I don't, I think something to the effect of, I don't know if this is an advertisement right. for QED or a eulogy. And a year later, I still don't know, really. Right. I mean, it's alive. We're alive. Uh, and we got grant money, sure. which is keeping things which, afloat right now. Let's talk about that. You yeah. guys were a huge proponent with Save Our Stages. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of credit uh, well, went Cambry. to- It's Cambry, it was, it was really. Cambry. I mean, I, it's Cambry. I'm completely in a support role. Sure. But. And I mean, listen, Cambry did so much great work for that. I mean, this club, as well as several clubs, you know, over in, in, the, you know, in, in New York City are still around because of, you know, her dedication to, to it. And it Yeah, was, it's so it was, weird. Like, totally talk about, like, punching above your weight. Because, like, <laughs> like, QED is like a tiny hole-in-the-wall shit. And yet- there was just stuff that nobody else was doing, and so she, she just picked the up the mantle. One. Yeah, she was the only one. I mean, I uh, I, I had my, I'm not gonna lie, I had my trepidations that it wasn't going to work out. There was a lot yeah. of times in my head when this pandemic was going on, and I, I'll be honest, I was relying on SBA loans and things of that nature, and I said to myself, I was like, this is never gonna pass in this fucking Congress right yeah. now. Yeah, like there's no possible way. And I was, I was. One of the one of the great things that you did was uh, when you, when we had the, uh, the the rally over at New York Comedy Club and yeah. watching that online and seeing all these different club operators and owners kind of come together was an amazing feeling to watch that. So kudos to your wife on that, and she's running right now. Isn't yeah, she? my wife is running for town council. Yes, of awesome. state, upstate me, New York right me now. Too. Me are you too. serious? Yeah. What town? We're talking about Cambridge. Fairfield, no. Connecticut. <laughs> oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, for town council, really? Yep. Do you have yard signs and all that jazz? I, as a matter of fact, I have fucking yard signs. Uh, so, so do we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want one. I live in Fairfield. I have one in my living You can have it. And it, I'm doing it half because I, I, I feel like doing it and then because I was coerced into doing it. But, uh, yeah, I got yard signs. <laughs> I want a yard sign coated in juice. And you know what's funny? When I was on my way, when I was out, when I was, I don't know, when I was on my way out today from Connecticut to come into the city, I, I live on a really small street. There's like six or seven houses on Gigantic each side. Houses. Go ahead. And I'm driving down the street, and my fucking neighbor has my lawn sign on her front lawn. Right? We live on a 10 house street, right? No one is <laughs> no, driving street down traffic. the street really to see that sign. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that neighbor doesn't even know who I am. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, huh, there's a neighbor. Didn't, wouldn't have pegged them from my side. And now I'm going to have to go up to that door and be like, by the way, I'm the asshole who's on your sign. Well, and then she's gonna be like, "Oh, you're the guy who mows his lawn early in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this! Like, I'm not. not just, I, she's gonna tear up the sign. Yeah, right? <laughs> she's just lighting it on fire. Two days later, the sign's gone. That's you. <laughs> Probably listeners. I, I, I acted good, it out. Good for her because she she deserves that. I mean, she it, deserves it. You know, I mean, I 
I would be lying if I say I'm totally hoping she'll win. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, of course, I hope she wins because I love her and, and I want her to. But but you know, it's it's one of those things where I've been having to go to like a few town meetings with oh, her yeah. and stuff like that. And boy, you know, I I get worried about America's sort of slide into authoritarianism and stuff like that. And then you go to a town meeting, and you're like, you know, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because when maybe I, someone should rule this. Yeah, shit. Yeah, this Fuck. When this I this is this is what we're doing. Okay. When when I got involved like ten years ago, it was solely because. The, the town, the poor, you know, one side of the town, was trying to fuck with the arts in schools mm-hmm. and sports. Yeah. And I'm like, there is no reason that our town in, you know, outside, 50 miles outside New York City is going to have a pay to play. Like, this town easily can afford. <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, <laughs> you know. Our kids, and my kids don't even play This is not the Dust Bowl. Right. They're like, paying that they got to, because you're going to limit your, what they were trying to do, in my opinion, was push out some people from playing sports right and i was like that's fucked up and then they were doing sort of the same shit with music and theater in the schools and i'm like no fucking way like that i draw the line like that to me was bullshit and i'm like that's the stuff that actually sports and theater and music is like that's the stuff that actually molds your kid totally more than sitting in a history class yeah absolutely that's what makes kids kids that don't take part in it they still in my opinion because I mean, I played sports. I didn't do theater or any of the arts. But like, I don't like you, the way you, you threw that <laughs> off. I, mean, I, mean, I, 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 was, I wasn't one of those. I wasn't that guy. <laughs> um, but I always enjoyed and got a lot out of the music programs. Yeah. And watching the plays, which is, I think, what made a lot of me want to be involved in entertainment was seeing stuff from a different perspective. Yeah. And, you know, I spent 10 years in music. And, like, all of that was started when I was in high school you know, battle of bands and all of that yeah. stuff. So you start taking that shit away. It, it, I don't know. That's why I got involved. But same kind of thing with your wife. It obviously, I'm going to note for Eric. And while he's talking, can we put on some patriotic music in the background? <laughs> <laughs> well, one, 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 in post, please. <laughs> a4 it's sponsored by Greg Cameron <laughs> for Facebook. So, how much of it was... I approve was, this message. How much was, 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 was Cambry coerced into doing this? And how much did she want to do it? Well, she wanted... I mean, she, she got very involved, not just, you know, because she's the kind of person who cannot just sit still. Sure. Like, she, it's impossible. And so during the pandemic, I mean, she was obviously very active in the Save Our Stages stuff. And then she got active because we were spending so much time upstate. She got active in Sullivan County politics and things like that. And it's such a, like the guys who she's like running against, their last names are the names of streets in the town. Like like their families have been there for five centuries. It's just probably not going to win, Uh, you know, just because it's it's a conservative town. And also because it's like, oh, well, my, I work for my dad's business and, you know, I'm, Joe Johnson and we're, we live on Johnson Avenue or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I th- there was there, the, there was nobody running on the Democratic side. Like there was That's like how I got involved. Running unimpo- unopposed. Yeah. And so a couple people kind of convinced her to do it. And she had been kind of curious. She's the kind of person who, who likes to have like a new mountain to climb, you know, like what's going to be my next thing. And so she kind of thought about running. And first of all, she should, you know, I don't want to, it's easy for me to just start talking about her because her life is way more interesting than mine. <laughs> but you know, she, she grew yeah, up. No in a, offense, Christian. <laughs> no, like, she I, did. We talk to comedians all the time, so we want to hear more. She grew up life. in the deep woods in a tr- an, in a tin shed with no running water or electricity. Then they moved into a trailer. Then the trailer got repossessed, and they moved back into a shed. Both of her parents are deaf. Uh, her dad uh, just died in prison because he had been in jail for twenty years for attempted murder. 
And like, you know, it, 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 she got married at 17 to a guy in the Navy to basically get out, uh, you know, of Texas. And it's like, so it's like she has this ridiculous, insane life. And, and so that's when you run the David Lee Roth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Where's the Lifetime movie on this, I know, this, dude, dude. No kidding. Well, she wrote a book like 10 years ago. Uh, yes. She wrote a memoir called Burn Down the Ground. And uh, it's been optioned uh, by by Marley Matlin of all people. Oh wow! Uh, because well, that, it's a lot about death. That culture. makes sense. Yeah, um, <laughs> part of the course. And so hopefully that will something will happen with that someday. But yeah, but but yeah. So it's like it's very easy for me to kind of just be like you know I'll just do what she wants because yeah. she's she can do my little she's, comedy thing. Over she's a little there. more driven than I am. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I look what she made it through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet you she wins. I hope, you know, of course yeah. I hope so. I mean, I, I don't hope so just because that means more work for me. Um, that's basically what it boils down to. Yeah. That's why sometimes she'll ask my advice and things like, you really need to go to a therapist or something or, because I'm never going to give you advice that is free of how it benefits me. Yeah. You know I mean? like, there's always going to be that bias in place. It's like, right. you know, I think maybe we should just stay home and smoke pot tonight. Like, like, I think that's what we really need. You know, uh, I don't my know partner keeps suggesting that. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd be surprised because you, you know, so much, I'm sure that had an influx of people from, from the city and, and people moving out of that area. Yeah. And you'd be surprised at the, the change in the registers. It's, yeah. But a lot of, yeah, a lot of them just aren't politically active up yeah. there, you know, and there is sort of a resentment towards sure. the, the city people. Yeah. You the know, carpet the backers essentially, which you guys, yeah. I mean, even though she's basically yeah, those been people vote, there, but the people that are, have moved in are probably voters. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's so. one of the things that, that, that she wants to try to do is, you know, with the, the democratic club is to when people move into town, like, we should be going and introducing totally. ourselves and like, you know, getting them involved and encouraging them to move their voting, you know, and stuff yep. like that. But, you know, because because the town is it's it's the town is pretty naturally, sure. but there's like nothing going on there. And yeah. there's like things decaying and all it would take is just somebody with fresh eyes being right. like, sure. it's like when when you invite somebody over to your apartment, you're like, oh, this place smells like <laughs> I didn't realize it until you walked yeah. in. But this is not good. You know, like, sometimes you need like fresh eyes. That's so what I say to my kids' room all the time. Like this place stinks. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't find me, Dad. <laughs> That's exactly. So what, what I mean, says. like, so obviously it's coming out uh, with Comedy Dynamics. So is are you going back on the road? What are you doing? Well, I mean, there is no road to go back on for me. I mean, you know, Roy Wood. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, kind of predicted this, and I knew he was right. He said he talked about how there was going to be a big fucking squeeze once the once the pandemic ended. Because, I mean, right now you have Brian Regan playing, like, the Virginia Beach Funny Bone. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, you have theater comics playing clubs, yeah. and club comics are now playing, like, small bars on the road, sure. and it, everything gets squeezed out. And I'm a bit of a tweener. Like, I'm not on anybody's sort of hot young list. I've been doing it a long time, but I'm not, like, massive, and I'm not new either. And sure. so I don't really have uh, – I mean, I, I there are certain cities that I have – people that like to see me and so I play certain cities every year but um I would love to get back on the road so wait are it's you hard, losing though. your like DC improv dates to like larger name comics like that that's are... like the club that I can always depend on okay. <laughs> that's like the one club but but certainly other clubs yeah I mean I yeah well and that probably started before the pandemic I'd love to blame <laughs> <laughs> I don't have some sort of diluted inflated idea of my place in the pecking order <laughs> What is, I mean, so, so obviously, so you're, you're running it here. Um, you're jumping on a bunch of other things. What else is in the works? I mean, you pretty much put out a fucking special during the toughest time to kind of do it. So. I, you know, that's a good question. I mean, that's something my, my wife and I talk about a lot because again, 
you know, QED is surviving now. And we're going to kind of wait and see what the, like, early 2022 brings. If things kind of get back to normal, then maybe we'll kind of have a reinvestment of passion into it. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you, I can't sit here and tell you honestly that we're going to be open a year from now, two years from now. hope we are. But I, it, that's what makes it so hard. And again, in, in, the, in the special, uh, there's a, a quote that I reference, which uh, that uh, depression is the inability to construct a future. And that is such a feeling that I've had for years. And I feel like it's a feeling like everybody's having right now. It's really hard to plan anything because nobody, there's like yeah. no, you, it's not even like, oh, I hope I succeed. It's like, I don't even know what success looks like. Like, I don't even know what that would entail. You know, it's really hard when the whole industry is still in flux because, as you know, it's some shows are full, but people just aren't coming out. They're not coming out. And Cambry actually brought this up recently. I hadn't considered it. It's like on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, if you're working from home, you're not putting on pants to go to a show on a Wednesday night. Like if you work in an office, maybe you'll meet friends for happy hour, then you go out to a show. But nobody's going, you know, people are used to staying home, you know, and it's really hard to fill a room right now, you know, for, uh, unless you're, you know, really taking it to cancel culture. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just want to kind of pivot from there is, you know, you, you QED has been one of those locations that, you know, if you're starting out in comedy in New York city, that is one of the places that I've always recommended to go out to. Uh, because it's such a good environment over there, and you never know who's going to be tending bar sometimes yeah. over there. Yeah, so, could uh, be me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was always great that you could uh, kind of have that. And but, what do you think about the new like scene of kids that are coming up through the crop now? It's hard, you know. And it, this has also been one of the things is that you know QED is operating on kind of a skeleton crew right now, and we don't have the the manpower right now, the hours to really be beating the bushes to find the new scenes and new comics and stuff. And so that's also been a challenge. But, you know, there's always going to be a new scene. And it's funny, apparently, I've been told that there's sort of this crop of pandemic comics, like comics that started during the pandemic, which is pure mental illness to me. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, there's, literally, they've been doing comedy for damaged. eight months now. <laughs> yeah. Like, who in the world would have started in 2020? But they exist. Like, like half of Connecticut. Oh, yeah. It's insane. It's true. Yeah. But apparently there's, like, resentment towards a lot of the comics who kind of, like, left and now came back. And it's like, all of a sudden, they're showing up in all these pandemic comics. Like, what are you doing here? We've been here for five months. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) no one else has. Yeah, you know. I mean, that was a big thing. I mean, uh, Luisa Diaz uh, kind of made that tweet a couple of, it was like, if you left New York City, you're not getting booked. And that was, like, this whole thing about it. But, I mean, essentially, there are those... Zoom comedians. Yeah. Yeah. And I I haven't seen anyone yet that really kind of piqued my interest, but I appreciate the hustle and I appreciate the It's same with the TikTok stuff a lot of it. Yeah. It's a different medium. You know, it's it's I mean, a lot of those those front facing comedi like the character comics that do sort of monologue type bits, some of them are fucking hilarious doesn't mean they're going to be good yeah. you know in a stand up context and a lot of stand ups are not particularly good in that context Absolutely. i mean how many hilarious stand ups do you know who suck at twitter oh, like there's God. so many like you know, comics Matter who are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to rag on John Fish, who's uh, a comic I absolutely love, and he's so fucking funny because his Twitter feed was always just like, "Let's go Sox," like that, because <laughs> he'd be like live tweeting the Red Sox games and he'd just be like, "Double the center," you know. And that <laughs> 
and I'm sorry to use you, John, as an example. You, I'm sure your your Twitter game is 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 up is substantially. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! No, but it's like it's funny because you see like a lot of these comedians, and I see them. Their their agents are coming after us and being like, "Hey, do you have room for this Trust me. X, Y, yeah. and Z?" And it's like TikTok I, legend. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So we were on a call today for the Idaho Comedy Festival, and the guys at William Morris were pitching me a name that I was like, I know who that is. I've seen them in L.A., and they're fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, why? Like I just don't understand why the trides and trues, and, and maybe this is me going like, back in my day, which was fucking a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 18 well, I mean, months. It's the shiny object months. thing, and, and you know, uh, agents... And managers to a to a degree, and I don't. This isn't a slam. It's just the truth. It's like they're in the hype business, you know, yeah, and totally. they fall. And you know, you love the idea that like, oh, and a manager went out and saw a comic that they really believed in, and that wasn't getting the attention. And I'm going to make this comic happen. It's like no, they see where heat is already starting to develop, and sure. they try to pounce on it and and exploit it. And I don't mean exploit in a negative way, but you know what I mean. Like, sure, absolutely. To, uh, and so. I just wish that people would understand that that stand-up comedy is its own form. Sure. I'm not going to call it an art form, but I mean it is. But but it's it's different. It's not a stepping stone on the way to something else. It's not a uh, kind of a, a safety net for people who were famous and now don't know what to do. I mean it is. That's yeah. what people treat it as. But I wish it was treated as like you know. I, you know, people always say, you know, comedy is like jazz. And, what they, you know, it's always so pretentious when they say that. But it's true, but not in the sense they mean. It's there. People always say, like, oh, comedy's like jazz because you're up there, you're just riffing. It's like, no, comedy's like jazz because it's a small niche art form that very few people give a shit about uh, that just kind of exists as its own thing. And you have to appreciate it on those terms. Yeah. You know, nobody's like, uh, you know, this fucking, who's this uh, da baby Or who's, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, you know, this this new uh, Billie Eilish album. What about Wynton Marsalis? <laughs> Nobody, you, you wouldn't think of those. They're not in competition with each other, you know? Right. One is a mass culture art form, and one kind of isn't, you know? Yeah. That's a good analogy, though, the jazz thing. It's good. And, and did you see that, by the way, last week, two weeks ago, that Chappelle and uh, Chris Rock went to the Blue Note for a friend's jazz show, yeah, and like yeah. introduced him. I mean, I that's. Forgot. I mean, that's. That that's, guy's great, by the way. It's tradition. I mean, like that. That, that place has always been. Uh, people will stop over there. I know Sherrod, one of your old friends. He'll always fucking be stuck over there for like, like the Blue Note. Yeah, Blue yeah. Note, and like it's like where is he? Like Liz is looking for him for a spot, and he's like, oh, he's across the street <laughs> at the Blue Note. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's you know one of the few places you know I went to NYU. That's when I moved to New York in 1991. Which is crazy because I was only three at the time. But uh, <laughs> I don't That's what my grandma. I'm very young, says. guys. I'm I'm very up and coming. But the Blue Note back then was like a landmark, oh, you know, and yeah. it's it's still it's amazing. It's one of the few places that still exists. So you know? what are you doing now to like go out? I mean, obviously, you know, you can. Well, I mean, you know, mostly just clubs. I mean, I did have a corporate in in Napa but last week, But not even that. Like, what are you doing to hang out? Like, are you going to movies? Have oh, you seen Broadway yeah. or anything? Have Good you question. Have you been able to kind of, like, do anything? For not really. Like no. Vacant? There's not a lot of fun. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, there's not a lot of work, and there's also not a lot of play. It's all kind of a bleh, yeah. You know? Like, all the work feels like play, and all the play feels like work. It, it's, you know, and some of that is just, you know, again, it's, it's easy to lapse into, like, oh, today's culture, blah, blah, blah. But... One of the things about, say, Twitter, because Twitter is the one I spend the most time on, 
it's no Instagram whatsoever. Just like, I just finally I hired you? someone to start. I finally. I know. Oh I hired gosh. a woman to help me with social media <laughs> to bring me into the 21st century. So I now have an Instagram. Great. Wow. Now we can tag him in photos. Too, Very exciting. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're, you're sit you're laying in bed. You wake up in the morning, you grab your phone, and you're just scrolling. And it's funny puppy video followed by Trump's going to be reelected again and we're all going to die followed by, uh, you know, my mom passed away last night, follow up, you know, and it's all just every emotion yeah. and it all just yeah. becomes no emotion. Do you yeah. know, it's all just, it's like, I remember I knew a kid in elementary school who used to take his lunch every day. He would sit down and he would just mash it all <laughs> together and he would act like it was like, that's how he liked it, but he was just doing it for attention. I didn't realize at the time. And people be like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "It's all going the same place." <laughs> and that's that's how that's how like social media feels now. It's just like all highs, all lows, laughter, hatred, anger, jealousy. It's all just this gray, blah, you know. And I I feel like with the pandemic, it's hard to to shake that. And you know, so you kind of have to make your own projects or deadlines and which is not something that comes naturally to me I'm, I'm of an of an era where you kind of wait patiently until somebody gives you an opportunity right one of the things i do admire about younger comics and younger people in general is that they they have that attitude of like no fuck it i'm gonna do it you know yeah. and i've never been that guy at all so yeah I, actually last night uh real quick real quick story yeah. uh last night we were closed and i was just working at the bar was waiting uh, uh for my mom she was finishing up in midtown and I didn't realize how many comics just come by the club just to say hello and just kind of be seen and like ask for stuff. There were six comics that came by, completely closed, they yeah. just walked in the door. They're like, I was just doing my rounds. I'm like, you come in here on a Thursday? They're like, yeah, I do that. And it's like, wow. You know, there's, it's funny. You know, Sarah Schaefer uh, does these, she does this podcast and she had this great, uh, like it was an audio thing, but it was a video of her recording it. And it was kind of like an infomercial for stand-up comedy. And she's like, you know, meet new friends. And all you have to do is hang. <laughs> like, 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 just hang out. That's all you have to do. Like, And I do think a lot of comics feel like, yeah, that's what comedy is. You just go and you hang out and you wait. And, you know, and there's an element to that, certainly. But it sometimes does feel like comics like you're almost taught just wear them down by being present constantly yeah. <laughs> until they have no choice to pretend that you're funny. That, that's how I got every girlfriend in college. <laughs> just I played the wear down game. Oh. Yeah, we should talk about food. Yeah. I mean, I love that segue right there. <laughs> I know. I you said, yeah, as if he had been talking about food. That, you just, pull, you just called like, what, what I call a Byron Allen. Uh, <laughs> Byron did you ever watch, was it, un, was it, Unleashed. Un Unleashed with Byron yeah. Allen, that like late night show yeah. where, you know, I think it's still on. It is. Yeah. yeah it and, is. but it's so funny because he doesn't even attempt to do, because he's obviously just serving up comics to do their yeah. bits. And so you'll be talking about the time you went to Peru and, and then, uh, and he'll be like, yeah, that's really funny. So you have a dog. <laughs> and, and then like just completely transitions. But he does it so blatantly that it's like you kind of give your hat off. It's like, yeah, we don't need to fucking fake some bullshit transition. Just get him <laughs> into the bus. Get him into Byron the Allen fucking owns everything. Dude, so. dude is like a magnate. Yeah, it's unreal. Really? Yeah, oh because he what the he does. the Weather Channel. Yeah. And he owns all of these shows. And what yeah. he does is unreal. he gives them to uh, like cable companies for free as long as he gets the ad revenue. Uh, so if you're like trying to fill two thirty to four thirty in the morning, he has the content for you, yep. and just that it's it's a it's a real kind of a weird business model. 
but yeah, very but he owns so much stuff. Yeah. It, it, he's a he's a mogul. He's probably one of the bigger guys that owns. He's always one of the hosts of Real People to me. It was yes. in the early '80s. It was a television yep. called Real People, Real People. And he was one of the hosts. Wasn't John Davidson on John that? John Davidson, yep. Skip Stevenson. Yep. Uh, the woman whose name I don't remember. Mary something. Mary Lou. Something like that. Oh my God, she had blonde hair, right? Yes, I'm yeah. very old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pete, I'm not following anything. No. <laughs> you said John Davidson, and I thought the singer of Corn. You don't know that's incredible or real people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who else was on That's Incredible? That's Incredible that, was John Davidson, actually. I yeah, think. John I think, Davidson. Uh, and Fran Tarkington. And there was, was but on, the uh, woman was on. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 Person sitting in front of construction paper. <laughs> <laughs> so we always kind of like uh, mid- uh, uh, migrate to food at, as, as a closer here because, you know, we always talk comedy and, you know, like we talk about the pandemic, but one of the things that we did a lot of was kind of eat at our homes or we were looking forward to our favorite restaurant opening up. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about that um, after the pandemic to, well, not after, but, you know, during the pandemic, like, what do you miss the most? But now we're kind of like breaking it down and, you know, people be like, oh, I miss this uh, steakhouse. And it got kind of boring. So we decided what our closing question would be is, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? Oh, uh, well, I, I, I do not cook like at all, uh, except. It's all takeout? Uh, yeah, or I go to delis. I get a lot of deli sandwiches and got stuff it. like that. But now that we have this little cabin upstate, like sometimes, you know, we have to cook up there because there just aren't restaurants. Uh, in Cambry, again, she's fucking good at everything. It's really it's really <laughs> nauseating and exhausting. It's so exhausting. <laughs> it's nauseating so, and exhausting. It is so exhausting being married to somebody who's like hyperproductive because it just, it really reflects poorly on you. <laughs> but uh, she came up or she found or uh, this uh, chicken tortilla soup crock pot recipe nice. which is just now i mean i can make it now because we've been making it for so many years but it is it is the best thing it's one of those things where if somebody unless you're a vegetarian i know you will like it i know you will like it i don't even have to ask it's amazing you know it's a lot, lot, lot of cilantro and, yeah. and stuff like that but um that is probably the best thing i have had to eat uh although i also did have a pretty good sugar cookie yesterday Ooh. nice <laughs> i like a good sugar yeah. pot belly sugar cookies man i'm telling you wait what really hot belly sandwich works right at yeah. the counter they have the cookies they're sugar cookies they're from the devil wow hmm. see i wouldn't expect that because i was like oh, when i went to subway and i still go to subway I'm, what, who am i fucking kidding yeah um I'm wrong with subway. I, did, those fucking, I just don't want to stand there and get the smell into my clothes but yeah. you know it's like <laughs> the bread that yo like, it's the worst but the macadamia uh, oh yeah, cookies over there were fucking amazing yes, over they, there. I agree with so you. So sugar one. cookie, <laughs> chicken tortilla soup. Now you're throwing this in a crock pot. How mm-hmm. long we took in taking? Uh, we cooked high about three and a half hours. And a half. Uh, put on low six and a half or seven. Any leftovers? At the oh well, yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's it's like a two or three days of food you got. Like, and then on top, are we doing a little guac or like? Do sour yeah, cream? do a little cheese. Uh, you know, a little sh- uh, shredded cheese. Then some sour cream. Crumple up some uh, hint of lime Tostitos. Ooh, Ooh, that's hint of lime. lime. That's there the jam is. right there. Those are the good ones. Yeah. I mean, those things. I mean, uh, oh, you literally, if if you, this sounds at all appealing to anybody listening, just Google Cambry K A M B R I 
chicken tortilla soup, you will find it. Stop it's it. It's on. It's on our website. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's super. I it's, think I it's super you, easy to do. I know exactly what I'm making on Sunday. Right yeah, now. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. I'm a huge crockpot believer because again, I'm not. I don't like cooking. You can set I don't it and enjoy it. it. That's essentially. Yeah. What I, yeah. So it sounds somebody should use that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> His nickname is Rumpo Peel. <laughs> um, but yeah, fucking Christian, awesome stuff, man. We're so excited that you're back. And thanks, man. Really awesome, awesome special. I, I like. I oh, liked I really it a lot. appreciate like that. Like in the person, I'm going to say I haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait to see it. Okay? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and you know what I like about it is that you know there were so many freaking specials out the last 18 months. By yeah. I mean, so many, right? Yeah. Including Brian and, and Comedy Dynamics, and they've done a tremendous job. But what I what I really like about it is that it's it's unique. You know, it's sort of like unfiltered and Thank raw, you. and you know, with all the shiny shit that's come out. I wanted and to be, literally, I said to the editor, I was like, I want this to be the opposite of badass. Right. Like, I don't want this to be like, you know, guitars <laughs> and explosions, you know, to be walking out. It's like, I want this to be like, this is what it's like to be a working, just comic in the middle of this shit. Eddie from Iron Maiden walks yeah. out yeah, in yeah. the back. It's like, oh, here's the special. No, I really, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's great. I hope everyone watches it and Thank you. you do well with it. Uh, Christian, where can we find you on social media? We definitely know we can get an Instagram soon, but where can uh, we... You can do it literally now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all three, I'm at Christ Finnegan. Amazing. C-H-R-I-S-T-F-I-N-N-E-G-A-N. And uh, the, uh, the special is out now? It's on Tuesday the 19th. I don't know what day this is posting, but... Uh, I don't even know what today is. Today is the 15th. Friday the 15th. It'll... So this will be out, but the special will be out when this is out. Yeah, the special comes out on Tuesday, and then the album comes out on Friday of next week, the twenty second. Um, and I think it's it's just uh, it's just for pay at first, um, like you know, you can Apple TV or Amazon or you know Spectrum, like all the cable platforms and stuff like that. And then I think there's a like a two or three month period of exclusivity, and then I think it'll go free streaming. I think. Okay. But don't wait, please. Yeah, yeah. why don't, don't wait, please? It it's now. too good to wait. Until yeah. yes. it's free streamed. Yeah, like, yes. I mean, uh, honestly, every, uh, we get a lot of uh, questions like, you know, how can we support? You know, if you're in the New York City area, please go to QED. It's an amazing yeah. club over there. Um, also, you know, buy Christian's album, watch it, stream it, make sure you do that. Also, follow us uh, on the podcast uh, at Somewhat Damaged Pod. Pod. And then, guys, uh, we're going to be doing some other. I think I called shows. it Slightly Deranged. It's earlier. good. It's, 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 it's fine. It actually might be a better name. We might be switching now. Greg, we're going to be doing some shows. We got a show coming up uh, in a couple weeks in Los Angeles. We're still doing Fridays here at Stand Up New York, and then we're moving to Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Moving to Wednesdays. Yep. And our sit-in guest, Pete Angelo, you got to find him at Metal Pete Comedy on yes. Instagram. Check him out. He's a very funny comedian. He's I'm sorry, Pete. I kind of just talked a lot and kind of. That's fine. Who <laughs> <laughs> wants to hear me? <laughs> Pete got thrown in. Yeah. And that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>